Hi, hello. I'm so glad to have you this Sunday evening. How are you doing? I'm Pastor B. Welcome to Activate Online Service. I'm sure your last week was beautiful and awesome as we trust God for a greater, better week starting today. Um, today, I'm going to talk to you from my heart and I want to talk to you on a subject I call don't give up on anyone. Now, if you listen to my message last Sunday and Tuesday, you could say that I spoke about not giving up on yourself. Not giving up on yourself. Because if you can persevere, if you can still be consistent and resilient, God will work it out for your good. Your persistence, your resilience is faith. Is faith that is seen. It is faith in motion. It is faith in action. So no matter the obstacle you face, don't stop. Whatever the obstacle that is before you or the challenge before you, maybe people have rejected you, they've said no to you in the past, don't give up. Keep pressing on. Keep pushing. Keep persisting. You know, the Bible, Jesus talked about a guy in the Bible who's... Um, whose friend did not even wake up to give him bread. But because that guy was persistent, he refused to budge. He stood believing that his friend, his neighbor, was going to listen to him and answer the door and give him bread for his guest. His persistent faith, his importunity, as King James put it, was what delivered the results to him. Not his persistent asking, but his persistence by not giving up. That is what gave him that result. So you could say last week I talked about not giving up on yourself. Today, I want to talk to you about not giving up on anyone. I wanted to just imagine, just imagine, think about this. If Jephthah, gave up on his clansmen when the Ammonites came attacking. Now, if you read the story of Jephthah in Judges chapter 11, the Bible said that when it was time, okay, it wasn't time yet, but, you know, his father was getting old and they knew that when the man died, they would have to give him a portion of the man's inheritance. So what did they do? They ganged up against him and sent him out of the clan. They said, we don't want you. Why? Because his mother was a harlot. So they kicked him out. Now, what a normal person would do was to get annoyed, get pissed off and all that and say to hell with these people. If Jephthah did that, I don't know. But what I am sure was that he was not happy. He was rejected. Not only was he rejected, he was kicked out of his inheritance. He was kicked out from the only home he knows, from the only family he knows. He was kicked out into oblivion, into nothing. He wasn't given anything. Just the same way Haggai and Ishmael was kicked out. He would have gone through a lot of emotional trauma because he's human. 
who has gone through a lot of emotional trauma. But he didn't give up on himself. He lived his life. He succeeded in that life. He became a great warrior. A couple of years down the line, <laughs> his clansmen needed him. Why? They were under attack by the enemy. Because they've heard that Jephthah is now a great man of valor, a mighty man. They humbled themselves and went to him and asked him for help. Now imagine if Jephthah gave up on his people. Imagine. The only thing he did, because he was smart, he cut a deal with them. He said, fine, if I can't fight for you, I will become your king. From losing his father's inheritance, only God knows how, how many land or the, the, the hectares of land he lost. He might even be acres, might even be a plot. The Bible didn't tell us how rich his father was. But imagine whatever he lost. I'm sure it is nothing when you compare it with being the ruler, the king over the nation. Imagine if he has given up on his people, but he didn't. From being an outcast, from being a reject, he became king. Don't give up on anyone. Is he the prodigal son? Imagine if his father gave up on him. The Bible records that his father would constantly come out and look out for his son. The, son. the father was constantly looking out for his son. He did not give up on his son. Though his son hurt him, when his son said to him, give me everything that belongs to me. Not only did he collect everything that belonged, that belonged to him while he was still alive. Imagine taking your inheritance while, you're still, while your father is alive. This is something that hurts the father. Why? The father will think you don't, that he doesn't mean anything to you. That the only thing you are after, the only thing you want from him is just his inheritance. Imagine the father was hurt and gave up on that his son. He would have lost him forever. Now, just to another story in the Bible I love, the story of the two sons. He told the first son, go and walk in the farm. And the first one said, <laughs> I won't go. I won't go. I'm busy. I've got a lot of things I'm doing. I'm playing my game. I'm, I, I need to play this game on, on my PS4. Or I need to go hang out with my friends. Oh, no, no, dad. I'm, I won't do it. Then he went to the second son. And the second son said, dad, don't worry. I've got you covered. I've got your back. I'm going to go. Anything you want, just tell me. I'm going to see to it that it's done in the farm. And you know what happened? The one, the first one that refused to go was the one that finally went. The second one that said, I will go, Dad, don't worry. Don't, don't go, go and sleep, go and sleep, it's handled, was the one that disappointed his dad. And Jesus in that story, and I think I should read it. Matthew 21. Hallelujah. I think I should read it. Jesus in that story said something. He said, this story I just told is just what Matthew 31 from verse 28. He said in verse, um, verse 31, after he told the story, he said in verse 31, which of the two did the will of the father? And they said to him, the first. 
And Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say unto you, that the tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. Who was he talking to? He was talking to the Jews. He was talking to the religious leaders. He was talking to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the rabbis, the scribes. And Jesus said to them, that the publicans, the tax collectors, and the harlots will get into God's kingdom before them. Imagine that. These are the people that in that society, we are considered sinners. And Jesus was saying to them that these people you call sinners, you've tagged them as sinners, that they will Enter the kingdom before you that is seemingly righteous, that is religious. And that thought made me to think because I found out that a lot of us religious folk, and I'm saying I'm amongst them, but God is saving me, God is helping me. I'm changing my paradigm. I used to be so bad. I'm not saying I've gotten over it yet. But I'm, I'm work in progress. We go about pointing figures. You, that person will go to hell. God will punish this person. God will deal with this person. Oh, that person is not living a right Christian life. Oh, God, I should do it a whole lot. But thank God, he's saving me from that. As if we are God. As if we are the ones that is judging the people. God has told us in his word. Jesus said, don't judge. Don't judge. I mean, who gave us God's, God's, um, it's not blueprints, but who gave us God's, um, <laughs> will I say, conditions, precedent to getting it to heaven? Who gave it to us? Who gave it to us? The ones you think will make heaven might be the ones that won't. I said this a whole lot and to anyone that cares to listen, that when we get to heaven, oh, we're going to be shocked because we're going to see a lot of people in heaven that we have dismissed as going to hell here on earth. Think about it. What if God gave up on all those people? That's what Jesus is trying to say. See, the gospel has been given to everyone. But the ones that the religious people have called sinners might get to heaven first. That's what he said. He said, Assuredly, I say unto you that the tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. Before you. Before you. No wonder the prostitute Rahab, when salvation came for her, she took it and she was saved. Think about it. It is time that we stop giving up on people because you don't know what God has planned for them. You don't know what God has set in the future for them. You don't know who they will be in the future. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we give you praise. Now imagine if Jesus gave up on Peter after he betrayed him. Not once, but twice. 
What if Jesus gave up on Peter? What would have become of Peter today? What if Ananias gave up on Paul? Think about that one. Everybody ran when Paul came. I said he was a believer because he was a persecutor of brethren. Everybody ran like, oh, this guy has been killing my brothers, my bre- the brethren. But Ananias stood, welcomed him, passed him through DNA, passed him through Alpha course, passed him through foundation school, at least gave him a foundation where he, upon which he stood and became the greatest apostle. What if Ananias gave up on Paul like the other brethren did? Think about it. And finally, what if God gave up on us? Where would we have been today? What if God gave up on us? What if God did not send his son to die on the cross for us? Where? Where? would we have been today? What would have been our fate? Even while we were God's enemies, even while we were yet in sin, God sent his son, Jesus, to die for us. God did not give up on us. While we were wallowing in sin, why we were the enemies of God? Do you know the lot of people that have cursed God? Say there is no God, call him all sorts of names. God, yet God has not given up on them. You might be listening to this message. You might have said there is no God. You might have called re- religious people all sorts of names. Judge God all sorts of names. You might have rained abuses on the Almighty. I've got news for you. You're watching this on social media. And you're in the UK, the one I'm talking to. I've got news for you. God has not given up on you. Even while you're abusing him and cursing him, he loves you and loves you and loves you. The more you reject him, the more he loves you. His love for you is undying. His love for you is relentless. Even when you were sinning, wallowing in sin and darkness. You come home, you know what I'm talking about, I'm talking to you. You come home, you feel all this emptiness. At times, you are even suicidal. Yes, I'm talking to you. You are suicidal. You've thought about killing yourself a couple of times. I've got news for you. God loves you. As you're listening to me, on your phone and your tablet. God loves you. And he wants you to come home. He has not given up on you. He's got plans for you. See that void you feel on your inside? That void is space for him in your life. That is why you've sought how to fill that void with sex. You've sought how to fill that void with drugs. You've sought how to fill that void with drinking, with alcohol. And yet the void is still there. Why? That void in your soul is space for God. And he's calling you home. He loves you. I want you to contact me. I want you to contact me. I'm speaking to you. He wants to fill that void. And when you meet him, when you come home, you are going to feel fulfilled. 
There'll be this peace. You've never experienced that peace. The Bible calls it the peace that passes all understanding. You've never experienced it. He's the Prince of Peace. When he fills the void, he comes with peace. He comes with love. He comes with fulfillment. That you've been searching for. I've got the solution. I introduce to you the lover of your soul. He's going to suit your soul. You try to you try to, to get that from relationships and it didn't work. Because he's the only one that can do that. Contact me. Leave a message. Drop a comment. Send me a private message. And I'll introduce you to the lover of your soul. He's calling out your name. He has not yet given up on you. That is the God I serve. That is the God that never gives up on anyone. You know, Albert Einstein <laughs> was called all sorts of names. Do you know he couldn't? He, he was not able to speak till he was seven. His teachers gave up on him, called him dullards, that he would never amount to anything in life. The same Albert Einstein became one of the greatest physicists of our time. Same thing happened to Charles Darwin. You know, his teacher said he was dreamy. <laughs> yeah, he was lazy. That he won't amount to anything. He became one of the greatest scientists. Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton, the same thing, was a masked whiz, but he couldn't amount to any other thing <laughs> in life. When his father left the farm for him to manage, he wrecked the entire family business. And he was shipped off to Cambridge. And the rest is now history. Don't give up on anyone. God is not going to give up on you. God has not given up on you yet. The Bible says something. I'm going to read the scripture for you. In Micah chapter 7, verse 7, I'm going to read it from the message translation. I love that translation. The Bible says, but for me, I'm not giving up. I'm sticking around to see what God will do. I am waiting for God to make things right. I am counting on God to listen to me. That is one verse I want to leave you with. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on anyone. God will make things right. God will listen to you. God will come to your defense. He will. God will bring you out. I'm going to end with this story. And it's a story of a farmer called Fleming. Now, one day while the farmer Fleming was trying to eke out a living for his family, he heard a cry for help. Coming out from the marshes, you know, you know, the nearby bog. A bog is where you have plants that are decaying, mixed with mud. And at times it makes the entire earth so soft and slippery that it will start sucking people in. You know, it's like, is this sinking sand? But this time around it's not sand, if you know what I mean. And so a, a child was crying out for help. So he hurried help the boy and brought him out because if he was not there, the guy would have sunk into the mud and you know how, you can only imagine, I'm sure you don't know, but you can imagine how and what it means to be buried alive. 
So he helped that little boy, took him to the farm, cleaned him up, cleaned, cleaned him up and set, sent him home. Now the next day, there was a bang on the door and he went, answered the door and there was this noble man, you know, <laughs> on his chariot and all that. And he said, oh, you are the farmer that helped my boy yesterday? He said, yes, yes, yes. He said, oh, I'm here to repay you. Name your price. What do you want? And of course, the Fleming was like, come on, I don't need your money. You know, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Anyone would have saved your child. And when I had to step away, at that time, at, the, at that point, rather, his own young boy ran out to see what was happening. So the noble man saw the farmer's little boy, like, oh, is that your son? And the farmer Fleming was like, yeah, that is my son. He was proud of his boy, you see. <laughs> he said, yeah, that is my son. He said, oh, since you don't want me to repay you, but can you give me your child? I'm going to give him the best education anyone can get. And if he's anything like you, when, he's, when he grows, he's going to be a good man. And the farmer was like, okay, fine. And that was the deal. He gave the noble man his son to raise. And the noble man took Fleming's son, raised him in St. Mary's College, London, through the, other, through the medical school. And <laughs> the son of Fleming is the popular Alexander Fleming. Who is Sir Alexander Fleming? Sir Alexander Fleming was the inventor of penicillin. So that boy, the farmer's boy, became a renowned man. Why? Because of his father's goodwill. You know, his father's goodwill. Now, that's not the end of the story. This nobleman's son grew, became a man, but he got sick. <laughs> he got sick. He got sick. And the only thing that saved that nobleman's son when he got sick, as an adult now, was penicillin. Penicillin. The same penicillin that Sir Alexander Fleming invented, which he would not have invented if the noble man did not take. The farmer's son that helped his son when he was a young man in to train through medical school. Are you seeing how? Your good deeds, you're not giving up on anyone, can pay you back. Because you never know. You never know who that person will become tomorrow. You never know. You never know. The world we live in is so interconnected. It's so interconnected. This is something I want you to know for sure. Everyone, everything is hooked up together. Your good act today will come around tomorrow to pay you back. Your evil act today will come around tomorrow to pay you back. To pay you back. That is why Jesus said, don't repay evil with evil. Repay evil with good.
And I was like, Anne, I'm going to tell you my own story. <laughs> when I was about to get married, I had to get a flat and all that. And I just started working in my first job and I didn't have enough to pay for that flat. But I somehow I had faith and all that. So I got to get, I got the agent to let me know the owner of the property, who the owner of the property was. And when the agent did, I went, sought him out. So I got to his house. After I called him on the phone, I wanted to see him. He's, no, he, he said I should come to see him. And I wanted to know who was taking up his house. So I went to his house and I sat down, started talking, started discussing. He asked me my name, I told him. He asked who my father was, I told him. He now asked where I was from and I told him. He said, hmm, say who's my father again? And I told him. He said, where am I from? And I told him. And I said, was your father a lawyer in Lagos, a city in my country, Lagos? I said, yes. In so and so time, I said, yes, that he just came back from England, you know, after his education in King's College, London. He said, wait. He said, is that my father? I said, yes. And the elderly man, when I described my father to him, said a crying tears came up from his eyes. And I was taken aback. I was like, so what's going on? It took him quite, quite a while to compose himself. When he finally composed himself, see what he said to me. He said that your father is a good man. That he's going to tell me a story. He said, telling me a story. He said in the 70s, 1976 or 74, I can remember, you know, that he was working for this company in that city, Lagos. And... Um, they would do what we call contribution. As this staff would come together, contribute a, a little amount of money monthly, and they take turns in taking that contribution. You know, it, it, uh, it's, it's like a communal way of raising funds. It's popular in my country. So when he got to his turn, he he contracted this guy to go and buy him a car. He wanted a car. He wanted a Toyota. I think from Mandela's. Mandela's is one of the dealers then. A Toyota. A brand new one. And he commissioned this guy to go get him. It's a long story short that the guy took his money and disappeared. He tried everything to get the guy. He couldn't. And he needed to take the guy to court. And he didn't have money. That was his savings. His life savings. Gone. But someone said, hey, go to Western House. Western House is a big business um, complex. And asked for a lawyer. And he called my father's name. So he went, sought out my father, and told my father his case. And my father said to him, don't worry. I will handle your case. That he was going to take it personal. We were going to search out the guy, find the guy, prosecute the guy, and get back the money. And this, my, my landlord, finally became my landlord, said to me, I don't have anything to pay. He said, no, don't you ever bother about payment. This is not about payment. It's about justice. That's going to get that man and he's going to pay him back his money. And my father did exactly as he promised. Got the man, prosecuted him, sent him to court, and he got back 
this man's money. And the guy started crying again. He said, do you mean that man is your father? I said, yes, he's my dad. You know, he said, oh. He said, so you're the one that wants my property? I said, yes, I just want a flat in your complex. He said, go pack in, move in, move in, move in, move in. Pay anything you want to pay. Pay whenever you want to pay. Don't be under pressure. Whenever you have the money, just bring it. Are you seeing how my father's good works? He didn't give up on that guy. He didn't say, oh, you don't have money. Go, 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 go. I don't take cases of men that don't have money. Go. He didn't say that. He didn't dismiss him. Little did he know that his goodness was going to come back decades later and that his son was going to reap from his goodness. One thing I guard with everything in me, every drop of blood in me, is my name. That's one thing my father taught me. Is my name. A good name will leave you. You know, in account, they call it goodwill. It will will outlive you. Your children, your children's children will benefit from your good name. Guard it with all your might. Be a man of integrity. Guard it. Be upright. Because you never know who will need it, who will benefit from it in the future. And that is how I got that property. And this is where I end. See, to err is human, but to forgive is divine. No matter what they have done to you, forgive them. No matter how they have hurt you, forgive them. And I usually say this about forgiveness. Don't do it because of the person. Forgive that person because of you. Let's put it this way. Be selfish with forgiveness. Because of you, because of your eternal state, because of your future, forgive that person. Do good to all men. No matter how bad that person has, has, has been, if the person has disappointed you, still don't give up on that person. Whenever I think of where God took me from, how God has helped me, all the things I've done, and yet God still wraps me in his arms. He still embraces me and tells me he loves me. Whenever I think I remember all of that, there's nothing no, any, there's nothing anybody will do that will make me let that person go. I will always stand with that person. I will always, to the best of my ability, wipe you clean, clean you up. Because... God has put in everyone treasure, treasure. Would you identify that treasure? Even if you can't identify that treasure, just know that no one here on earth came without a purpose. There's something meaningful that God has thought out, has planned out for that person. Never give up on that person. Every human being was made in the image of God. When you give up on someone, you've actually given up on a bit of God. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Let's be an extension of God.
This is why I end this evening. I know the Lord has spoken to you. If he has, leave a comment. I told a lot of stories. I'm sure you have your own story. Leave a comment. Tell, tell me your story. You can summarize it. I would love to read your story once I'm done with this message. Never give up on anyone. Father, I pray for this one. Lord, I ask that you bless them. That you increase them. That you make clear your plans for them, your purpose for them. That, Lord, you unveil that which you predestined before they were born. That they will be, that they will become. Unveil it to them. And, Lord, I ask that you carry them. That you lead them. That you speak in their heart. Messages of peace. Insight. Let them know who they are. And as they live throughout this month, this year, I ask for blessings upon them. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Increase them. And I pray for those that are giving or paying their tithe. Lord, I ask that you bless them. Bless them. What they have given to your work. I ask that you multiply it. What they have honored you with by their tithe. I ask that you place on them double honor. Increase them. Bless the work of their hands. I cover them no sickness, no disease of any sort will come near their dwelling. I cover them, O oh Lord, with your blood of Jesus. No harm can come near them. Can come near their children. Can come near anything that concerns them. As they are going, evil will happen behind them. Evil will happen in front before they approach. You are going to, oh Lord, keep them under your wings. That is my prayer for them. Hide them in your pavilion. The arrows that fly by day. The pestilence that fly by night. Will never come upon this ones. Only with their mouth. We dare, O oh Lord, thank and worship you and give you glory because of your goodness, the miracles you will work in their lives. Fill their mouths, O oh Lord, with good things. Fill their mouths, O oh Lord, with testimonies of your great and mighty work in their life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, beloved, I want you to go succeed this week, go prosper this week, and the Lord of hosts will be with you. See, there are angels that have set out already. To They've gone through this week ahead of you. But you know why they've gone ahead of you? They've gone to open doors for you. So step, step by faith into this week. Every morning you wake up, say, this is the day that the Lord has made. As I step out, I step into blessings. As I step out, I step into miracles. As I step out, I step into favor. That no one that sees me today will say no to me. Your favor, oh Lord, is upon me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Anyone that sees me will do my bidding. Anyone I ask for something or make a request, they will run around. They will never rest. Today, fulfill my request. 
Declare it. Declare it. It is your portion this week. No sickness can come near your dwelling place. No accident can come near your dwelling place. You cannot die. You will live <laughs> and declare the goodness of God. See, I love, 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 love you. If you are yet to follow us on Activate Church, please click on the like button. Follow us on YouTube. Click on the subscribe button and click on the bell icon so you get notified when service starts. See you on Tuesday. Bye.